Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the I want to preach to you a message called Winning at Life. And I don't know if I'll be able to get through it all this morning. I'm going to attempt to, but Winning at Life. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad for victory this morning? I want you to get this in your spirit today, that at the, at the river, we are winning at life. At the river, we are winning at life. You're winning at life, I'm winning at life, and we're winning at life together. We are overcoming mountains, we are overcoming obstacles, we are overcoming barriers. We got a God who goes before us and kicks down barriers and knocks down walls and opens doors for us. We are winning at life life. Amen. Get that in your spirit this morning because I believe there's a lot of people in this place that who doesn't want to win at life, right? I mean, I want to and I know there's probably people in the room today that say, Pastor, I don't, I don't necessarily feel like I'm winning at life right now, but I just, I just want to encourage you with this. If you'll stick around here, if you'll stay planted here, if you'll get connected to some people here, you'll start to see some changes take place because at the river, that's what we do. It's not, what we, it's not just what we do, it's who we are. It's in our DNA and we're going to win at life. Jesus ordained that to be the case. He ordained us to be winners. You know, winning at life starts with a relationship with Jesus and it doesn't happen without Him. You know, Bible's real clear that apart from Him, we can do nothing. Apart from Him, we can do nothing. But with Him, all things are possible. And so it starts with a relationship with Him. You know, so many times what we do is we try to figure it out on our own or we try to bypass Christ or we try to go around Him or try to do it our own way or do it another person's way. But instead, if we will just let Him be the central aspect of our lives and let decisions flow out of a relationship with Him, I promise you, you cannot help but be a winner and an overcomer. That's just what He does. 1 John 5, 4 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith, our trust in Him. Romans 8.37 says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Let me read that to you in a couple of other versions. First, the Living Bible says it like this. But despite all this, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us enough to die for us. I love that. In the Amplified Bible, it reads like this, Yet in all things we are more than conquerors and gained an overwhelming victory through Him who loved us so much that He died for us. John 10.10, I, speaking of Jesus, says, I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. We're talking about winning at life. Throughout Scripture, we see, I've given you multiple Scriptures today that talk about God's desire to put a win in your corner, to put a win on your chalkboard of, of record-keeping of life, to put some wins in your corner. And so here's, some, here's three ways this morning that we win at life. Three things that we can do that help us to win at life. I, now, I'll, I'll have to give credit. A lot of this stuff, I have been listening to a lot of Craig Groeschel lately and just some of the leadership podcasts. And a lot of this stuff has just really been God using him to speak 
into my life and speak really into where we are as a church. And so a lot of this material is coming from him. I just took what he had already done good and I just made it better, okay? So, so that's, what, that's what I'm trying to deliver to you this morning. <laughs> Number one is this. Determine to make a difference. Determine to make a difference. Determine that you will be the one to create the difference that you want to see. Let me say that again. Determine that you are going to be the one to create the difference that you want to see. Here's, here's the truth, and this is the way we, had, we deal with life a lot of times. As we look at it and we say, well, if so-and-so would just do different, my life would be better. If things were just different on the outside, then my situation would be better. If I could just get my husband, or if I could just get my wife, or if I could just get my kids, or if I could just get my boss, then things would be different. But here's what I want you to know. Difference-making starts with you. If you want something different, it has to come from you. You have to be the one to create the difference that you want to see. So let me ask you some things. Where do you want to see different? Where do I want to see different show up in my life? I'm tired of saying I want to see different show up. I don't care what different is. I just want different. I want something different. I want something better. I want something to not be the same. What change do you want to take place? Think about this. What, where is an area in your life right now that you would like to see some change take place? I'm not satisfied here. I'm not satisfied there. I'm, I'm frustrated in this particular area of life. Where do you want to see change take place? Where are you dissatisfied with the current reality that you're dealing with? This is a place, these places, the places that you identify through these questions are places that you have an opportunity to make the difference you want to see. Yeah, but pastor, and then we follow that up with whatever disqualifying statement we can come up with. Yeah, but if you just understood what I'm facing or if you just understood what I went through, if you just understood, listen, Jesus, I read in my scripture that Jesus overcome it all. And so really there is no obstacle. There is no mountain he won't climb, right? There is no wall he won't t- uh, kick down. There's no lie he won't tear down. You know, all of that is the truth of what God is trying to communicate in this house to this group of people this morning. Here's what I want you to hear. You can make excuses or you can make a difference, but you can't make both. That's good. You can make excuses or you can make a difference, but you cannot make both. And too many times we spend our time coming up with excuses and, ex- and reasons why we can't advance, why we can't change, why we can't experience difference in our life instead of just being the difference we want to see happen. You can make excuses or you can make a difference, but you cannot make both. We are not excuse givers. Somebody say amen. We are difference makers here at the river. You have to choose which one you're going to be, but you can never be both. Let me give you some telltale signs of both excuse givers and difference makers. Excuse givers. Excuse givers are always bound by outside forces. In other words, they look at the things going around them and they say, I can't because... I can't because this is happening. I can't because this this went on. I can't because this limitation is on my life. And they're always focused on outside forces that are dictating what they're going to do with their lives. So their excuse givers are bound by outside forces. Another thing they are is they're limit focused. 
Well, if I had more money, then I would do this. Or if I had more opportunity, if I had more hours, if I had a better job, if I had a better car, if I had a better home, if I had a better wife, if I had a better life. <laughs> they're limit focused. Another thing that they are, they're always victims of circumstance. Circumstance is always dictating outcome. Circumstance is always deciding fate. Circumstance is always deciding destiny for them. It's always deciding what is going to happen in their life. So they're victims of circumstance, excuse givers. And excuse givers are always bound to a cycle of rep- repetitive disappointment. They are bound to a cycle of repetitive disappointment. I, I give excuses so I don't advance. And so what happens is I stay in a cycle of disappointment. My life is never going to be different. My life is never going to change. I'm never going to get to where I want to go. And they're always limited to what God can do and what others even can help them accomplish in their life. Difference makers, however, are not they limit the impact of outside forces. They decide how much outside things are going to affect their lives. You get to decide how much stuff is going to affect you. We can't always decide what happens to us, but we can certainly decide what happens in us. Amen. We can't decide what happens to us, but we can always decide what happens in us. And we can decide how much that stuff is going to affect the internal workings of our lives, our heart, our attitudes, the way we step forward, the way we advance from a tragic situation and a difficult situation. We get to decide that that's a difference maker mentality. Difference makers are potential focused. They always look at a situation and say, this is what's possible if we can just get to that point. If if I can just harness this energy, if I can just harness creativity, if I can just capture the resources around me, then this is the potential that is available to me. We don't have to stay here. There's a place we can go. And if we can just get everything together, we can get there. Difference makers. Difference makers are overcomers of circumstance. They don't let circumstance decide. They decide how they're going to respond to circumstances. They create new realms of possibilities and new realities to live in. And as a result of that, they're engaged in a constant cycle of repetitive growth and success. They're always elevating. You know, the Bible says that God's design is for us to go from glory to glory. To overcome from one situation to another. But in so doing, we elevate ourselves to another plane of life and living. Winning at life. The truth is you can overcome any obstacle that currently stands in your way. You can overcome any obstacle that currently stands in your way. Micah, I know you weren't able to ride the skimboard this time, but I believe that you can overcome the obstacle that stands in your way. You can make it happen. I was so tempted in Padre to try it. And then I kept thinking, Micah broke his foot. I don't want to break my foot right before this adventure. So I refrained. But you can overcome any obstacle that currently stands in your way. We are not maybe more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. That means that we not only conquer, we conquer with relative ease. Don't you like that? Jesus made the way for possibilities in your life. Here's another truth. That most of the time, I am the only one standing in the way of accomplishing my goal. I'm the one in my own way. 
I'm the one standing between me and my success. I'm the one standing in the way of overcoming and making a difference in my life. I'm the one that has to change. I'm the one that needs to fix it. You know, so many times, this is what we get when we do marriage counseling, is it's always the the fault of the other spouse is why the marriage isn't working. And here's what I've come to realize, that after 22 years... I said 23 because I was so excited about it. I wanted to add an extra year. 22 years. Here's what I know. I can't fix her. I can do nothing to change her attitude, change her mind. God knows that's the truth. Change anything. But here's what I can do. I can change me. And I can change the way I respond to that situation. And I can trust God that He'll work on her as I work on me. And what we find a lot of times is that the problem really isn't with the other person that God's trying to address. The problem is the problem in my own life that God's trying to address. I can't take care of anybody else's mess, but I can address my own situation and I can fix my own attitude. I can adjust my own perspective and I can decide for myself what I'm going to do and how I'm going to respond to things around me. I'm the one standing in the way of my goal. There's nothing we can't overcome if we just get out of the way. Thank you, Lord. you have the power to change your life, but you have to first change your thinking. It always starts with your thinking. If we don't deal with the problems that we face in life, we are the problem. Glory. You know, I, church life, church work, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting situation. But it's so true that most of the time what we deal with is people themselves are the problem when they think in reality there's a problem outside of them that needs to be fixed. You know, if if my life was just different, I would be happy, I would be okay, I would find joy if I could just change some of these outside circumstances. Listen, that's just not the truth. It starts right here. It starts with me. And if I just sit back and make excuses for why things aren't better in my life, and never do anything about it. What is the real problem? It's me. I'm the real problem. If we don't address the things we don't like, we're the problem in the situation every single time. Because you can make excuses, you can make it, or you can make a difference, but you cannot make both. So choose, choose to make a difference. Say this with me this morning. I am a difference maker, not an excuse giver. Amen. We need, to, we need to hold each other accountable in that regard. Are you going to make excuses or are you going to make a difference? Because you can't make both. Amen. Determined to make a difference. Number two, harness the power of yet. Harness the power of yet. The word yet speaks of two things. It speaks of pursuit and it speaks of promise. I love this. It speaks of pursuit and it speaks of promise. These are, I, I am pursuing something. I, I have not gotten there yet, but I'm in pursuit of it. I, I, I know there's a promise there. I haven't obtained the promise, but I know it's out there. I haven't gotten it yet. I'm not there yet, but I will be. It's a change in thinking. I am pursuing my promise. It's not that I don't have it. It's that I don't have it yet. I don't have it yet. We have to stop letting the enemy finish our sentences. Stop letting the enemy put periods at the end of sentences when there's more to say at the end of those sentences. I don't have any money, period. I don't have a job, period. I don't have a promising relationship, period. I don't have, period. 
The power of yet doesn't give the enemy the final word. It gives me and God the final word. I don't have any money yet. I don't have a job yet. I don't have a promising relationship yet. It's going to happen. It just hasn't happened yet. There are three things that are contained in that power of yet. Real quickly, the power of vision is contained in that power of yet. Vision is a powerful force. The Word says without vision that you are dead in the water. You're not going anywhere. You are dying on the vine if you do not have vision for your life. There is no movement without vision. If I have no concept of any place beyond where I'm at, then I'm never going to go anywhere beyond where I'm at. There is no advancement without vision. I've got to get a picture of where God's trying to take me to. That's the promise. That's the promise. If we can't see beyond what we have to see what we want, we'll never have anything other than what we have. You've got to go there first in your mind. That's why your thinking is so critical to every aspect. I've got to have a picture of what's going on. Wilbur and Orville would have never flown a plane without vision. They had to picture themselves flying in the air, the possibilities of what they could accomplish. Just not yet. They hadn't accomplished it yet, but they were going to. Edmund Hillary, Tenzang Norgay would have never climbed Mount Everest without vision. you got to picture yourself up there. You don't get a better life and you don't win it life unless you have a vision to do so. Dream about possibilities. What is possible for you? What is possible for you? The power of vision. The power of communication is another part of the power of yet. What are you saying? And not only what are you saying, but what are you hearing? Communication is twofold. It's what we give and what we receive, right? We address a lot of times the things that we say and we understand that. But there's another aspect of that I think that is under addressed and that is what we're allowing to be heard in our lives. What are you listening to that is dictating your atmosphere? What are you listening to that is controlling your environment? What are you inputting into your life that is changing the way you think? What are you hearing? What are you saying? What are you saying out of your mouth? What are you letting other people say about your situation out of their mouths? Because this is what I believe. I believe the last thing we need is enablers in our life. I believe the last thing that we need is people that give us excuses. I can come up with excuses all day by myself. I don't need anybody giving me excuses in addition to what I can already come up with. That's a big enough battle. That's a big enough mountain to overcome. I don't need other help bringing that stuff into my life. I don't need to be cursing my circumstance. And I don't need anyone else cursing my circumstance. we got to take authority over both of those situations. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. The power of vision, the power of communication. And the other part of the power of yet is the power of faith. The power of faith is the power to believe in the possibility of more. It is the substance of things hoped for. So let me just ask you, what are you hoping for? What are you hoping for? What are you wanting? What substance are you going to give to that hope that is your faith? What are substance you give to your hope is your faith? Can I just say this too, that you know it's, it's not enough for us to have dreams without some actions that accompany those dreams. I can dream all day about visiting parts of the world or whatever, but if I don't ever put some money back in the bank, or if I don't ever buy a passport, 
or if I don't ever do some things along the way, I'm not giving any substance to my hope. I'm just hoping aimlessly. We got to do some things that align with where we're trying to go because it's the daily steps, and we'll talk about that in a moment, that make the difference in our outcome. Harness the power of yet. Don't live focused on the limit. Focus on pursuit of the promise. I haven't gotten there yet. Yet. We're winning at life by determining to make a difference, harnessing the power of yet. And lastly, we have to clearly define our win. Clearly define your win. Listen to me this morning. You cannot accomplish what you cannot define. That's good. You cannot accomplish what you cannot define. Well, I'd like to, you know, accomplish this, but I have no definition of what that actually looks like. What is your goal? What is a win for you? What would be a victory for you? Define it clearly and you can accomplish it. Let me give you an example. What's your goal? Well, Pastor, I'd like to lose some weight. Okay, that's good. That's a good goal, but it's an incomplete goal. Let's define that goal a little bit more. How much weight do you want to lose? Why do you want to lose that weight? Why, when do you want to lose that weight? What daily decisions are you going to make now to get to your goal? Because if we fail to plan, we plan to fail. Clearly define your win and then celebrate that win. Define your goal. Here's, you know, the SMART goal. Anybody ever seen that? Let me give it to you real quick. This is a, this is a way for you to kind of define your goals. It, we use the word SMART as an acrostic. It means specific. Your goal needs to be specific. It needs to be measurable. It needs to be achievable. It needs to be something that's possible for you. I can't have a goal of wanting to play professional football. That ship has sailed. That, that's, that may be a dream, but it's not a realistic dream. And so it has to be achievable. Get some people around you that can anchor down some of your dreams so you're not a kite flying away with no string attached. <laughs> Amen. Relevant. Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant. And then the last one is time sensitive. i got to define it in a time frame. For the last six months, what we've been trying to do, I've been trying to lose 50 pounds. I had a, I had a hard line that I was working towards to get there. And because of that, we made daily decisions. We did things. We made it very specific. We had certain goals along the way. And because of that, we are able to get real close to accomplishing that goal that we're going to accomplish in the next few days. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to pay off this credit card balance of $500. How are you going to do that? I'm going to do it by paying an extra $50 a month for the next six months until it's a zero balance. Here's how I'm going to come up with the $50 a month. I'm going to quit buying drinks every morning and I'm going to take that money that I would spend on a drink and I'm going to put it over in a savings and then I'm going to accomplish my $50 and then I'm going to pay it off. That's being specific. That's a set time frame. That's a specific goal. That's a smart goal. And that helps me to advance my life. You've got to clearly define a win. Otherwise, we put a lot of energy into something and we don't know how to measure it at the end. And because of that, it's frustrating. It'll cause you to give up and it'll cause you to forfeit everything that God's been trying to take you to and accomplish. Accomplishing goals is a daily endeavor. A daily endeavor. You can't get to where you want to be unless you start working on it today. Later is a lie. Later is a lie. Well, we'll start saving money when we get... To our 30s. We'll start saving money when we get into our 40s. We'll start saving money when we get into our 50s. And before long, it's time that you needed that money. It's, it's time to start living on it. 
It is about moving every day a little closer to the vision that you have. Win daily and I win at life. Here's something else that I think is liberating. It's liberating to me. Is that God doesn't care what your plan is. He will work whatever plan you devise. And He will bless whatever plan you put in place. He just wants you to not be double-minded. So in other words, I don't start something today and this is going to be my plan and then the next day I think, "Ah, I'm going to do something different. And I'm switching back and forth. You know what happens to that is nothing. Nothing is accomplished through that. So I've got to have a plan and I've got to stick with that plan. God doesn't care what it is. He's going to release His blessing on it if you'll stick with it. And in perfect, listen to this, in perfect plan today is better than a perfect plan tomorrow. Any perfectionist in the house this morning? Anybody in the house bogged down by details to the point that you cannot move? You are a perfectionist, but your house is cluttered because you don't even know where to start. And you want to start in this room, but if you start in this room, then it's going to impact how this room works. And because it impacts how this room works, then it's going to throw everything off over here and everything's a mess, so I'm going to go watch Netflix and binge for the next 12 hours. Right? It's true. An imperfect plan today is better than a perfect plan tomorrow. So just start. Here's something else that is liberating to me. Is that you have to make goals based on input, not outcome. Think about this. Make goals based on input, not outcome. You can control what you put into it. You cannot control what comes out of it. I'll use the weight loss again because it's just a great... I can't control how much weight I lose. There's weeks that I didn't... April argued with me that I wasn't eating enough because I was trying to lose weight, but I couldn't control that. What I could control, though, is what I ate, how much I worked out, how much I walked, how much I, you know, I put my time and energy into those. That's what I can control. I can control input, but I cannot control outcome. And too many of us are focused on the outcome instead of just what we can do daily and trusting God to deliver on the outcome. If you will do what you are supposed to do and be faithful in doing it, God will take care of it. He will. He will. You can control the input. You cannot control the outcome. Leave that to God. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, but it is writ- as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man those things which God has prepared for those who love Him. The outcome is in good hands with God. What He has planned is greater than what you have planned. The outcome is much better with Him. Here's what Proverbs 16, 9 says. We plan the way we want to live, but only God makes us able to live it. I like that, don't you? Clearly define your win. Ask yourself, what does a win or a victory look like for me? Stand with me across this place as Lauren comes to the keys this morning. I believe that God has put a great group of winners in this room. Winning is in our DNA and we can't help but overcome and win because we have God on our side. Determined to make a difference. Harness the power of yet and clearly define your win and you'll see that God will take you from one promise to another, from one glory to another. Nothing, nothing, nothing works without Him. But it all works with Him. Winning in life starts and ends with Jesus and everything in the middle depends on on Jesus. 
It just doesn't work without Him. It doesn't work without Him. With every head bowed and every eye closed across this room, here's what I feel this morning, that there's people in this room today that you've tried to make it happen a lot of different ways. Today you look in the mirror and you think, man, I am not knocking it out of the park. I am not winning. I am not overcoming. I I just, I am struggling. And the reason we struggle is because we try to do everything within our own power, within our our own giftedness, within our own resources, instead of trusting a God who is greater than the circumstance and beyond the circumstance to lift us up and to carry us to that place that He is. He's made a place for us. He seated us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. But the only way we get to that place at the table is through a relationship with Him. And so if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I am struggling. There's some things that I want to change. I'm trying to do this on my own, but I know that I need Jesus' help. I need His help. I need His guidance. I need His direction. I need to let go and let God. I need to just trust Him with the outcome. If that's you this morning, would you just slip your hand up in the air and say, that's me. Yes, amen, amen. Hands going up all over this room this morning. Let God do it. Let God do it. Let God do it this morning. God will give you the power to overcome any obstacle that you face in your life. Every head bowed and every eye still closed. Maybe you're here and you say, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Pastor, I hear you when you say everything starts and ends with Him and everything in the the middle depends on Him. I need Him. If you're here and you say, I don't know Christ as my Savior, would you just... Slip your hand up. Nobody's looking around. This is between me, you, and God. This morning you say, that's me. I need God in my life. I need the Lord to touch my life. I need Him to come into my heart. Would that be you this morning? Say, that's me. Slip your hand up in the air. Signify that to me this morning. Yes, amen. I want to pray with you. Lead you in a prayer. The Bible says in 1 John 1 and 9 that if we confess our sins, He is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Romans tells us that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so asking Jesus to be a part of your life is simple. It's just asking Him to be a part of your life. Nothing more to it. So this morning as I pray this prayer, I want you just to pray it with me if you need to receive Him as your Lord and Savior. Father, I thank You that, Lord, these that are here that have raised their hands signifying they need salvation in their lives and those that are even, Lord, sitting in these pews, standing in these aisles today, Lord, that say... In their heart, I need God. I know I need God. I need to make a change. Lord, your word tells us that if we call upon your name, we will be saved. And so, Father, we thank you that, Lord, you're just a whisper away. You're just a, you're just a cry away. And so, Father, today we ask that you would come into our lives, that you would change us from the inside out, God, that you would be our Lord and Savior, that, God, you would direct our steps from this point on, that, God, you would anchor us into the body of Christ and make us to be fruitful and blessed in this life that we're pursuing, Lord God. You've come to give us life and to give it to us in abundance, Lord, and we want to receive that. Lord, we know that to receive that, we have to receive you. So we receive you as our Lord and Savior this morning, Jesus. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our failures, Lord God. You died on the cross. Your blood was shed at Calvary so that it would wash away 
not cover them, but wash away our sins and stains and mistakes and failures. God, today we start over as new creations. Lord, beginning again in Christ Jesus. We thank you for that this morning. Now, if you raise your hand, you say, I need God to help me win this in this life. I need God to, to work in me. I need God to do something big for me. I need God to help me to be a difference maker. I want to pray for you this morning. Just, just grab the hand of the person next to you, would you, on the, on the seat. And I want you just to pray for the person to the right or to the left of you and ask God to touch them this morning. God, we thank you for these that raise their hands, signifying God that they are helpless to do it without you. Lord, the first part of engaging you in this life is surrendering, Lord, knowing that we are unable to do anything apart from you, God. And we surrender to you this morning. We know that, God, you are helping us, that you are working in us, that you are changing us, God. That, Lord, you're going to give us vision. You're going to give us mastery over our tongue. Lord, God, you're going to give us faith that we need to pursue the yet, Lord, to pursue that promise that is ahead of us. We thank you, Jesus, that you give us a certain level of dissatisfaction, God. It is an impetus to move forward and to advance our lives towards you, God. And I pray that, Lord, there's an awakening and a catalyst being provoked in our lives, Lord, this morning that will move us toward a deeper and greater relationship with you. Lord, you made us to be conquerors. You made us to be overcomers. You made us to be more, Lord Jesus, than just average and just common. You made us... Lord God, in your image, and your image is great, it's supernatural, it's beyond compare. Father, I thank you for that this morning. Bless your people, Lord. Bind them together with hearts. Lord God, bonds that cannot be broken. Weave our heartstrings together, Father, so that we can do life, Lord God, not only effectively with you, but in cooperation with one another, Lord, overcoming together. Two are better than one. Two are better than one. Two are better than one. That's what your word says, God. Lord, we are bound together. We thank you, Jesus, for a family of believers. We thank you for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the camaraderie, the strength, and the encouragement that comes from being a part of the family of God. We thank you this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We would love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you would like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river.